podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 1871 podcast and Dylan is back with us. Hello, Dylan. How are you? I'm good. I am very, very good because I'm back. Yesterday was an absolute disaster. I had such a bad day. It was... Um, I'm, I'm in, I'm in a loads of shit at the football club with us position. I'm having to deal with things that I shouldn't be dealing with, but I have to. So yesterday was a, a, a bit of a day for me. Uh, it continued today, but I couldn't miss this because it's Shep. It's Simon Shep. Yeah, yeah. Super, super Simon, super, super Simon, super, super Simon, super Simon Shepherd. Well, there you go. And Dylan, we, we've missed you, but as you say, Quite rightly, our guest is former Reading goalkeeper and, and your former teammate, Simon Shepherd. So welcome to the show, Simon. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm looking, looking, looking forward to it. Uh, now, before we speak to Simon, obviously, the first thing we want to say is congratulations to Reading for a magnificent win at Sheffield United yesterday. Um, but first, before we talk about that, a reminder for you that tomorrow um, we will continue our countdown to choosing the greatest Reading eleven from the last 50 years. And on tomorrow's episode, we're choosing our greatest Reading defenders from the last 50 years. And Dylan's on the short list for that. And, and I'm Dylan, never going to get on it, Mark. It's Nicky Shorey by a mile. Uh, well, you have to wait and find out. And Dylan's brought a right. Shepherd lookalike. With yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got a Simon Shepherd lookalike. This is Heinrich. He's an Afrikaans dude from uh, Germiston. He hates football. He loves rugby. All right. Never mind. All right. So, listen, um, so have a listen in any time from 10 a.m. tomorrow, uh, so tomorrow being Sunday, to find out who we've chosen as our greatest Reading defenders from the last 50 years. Go. I'm never going to get on here. Well, you have, to, you have to wait and see. You have to wait and see. Me and Shep will never be on it. No. Hey, but we but we made the podcast still. So that's... I yeah, mean, that's we, did. Oh, we did. Say. We did. Hey, listen, listen. Johnny, uh, let's, go, let's go back to yesterday. And it was a good Friday. What a win at Sheffield United yesterday. Another early goal from Zhao and, and some late drama, obviously. Uh, but ultimately, a great performance, and I would say a deserved win for the Royals. Absolutely, I don't think my heart rate stopped since uh, I was following it at uh, work, and I uh, can keep the phone was buzzing and buzzing. I was like, I dare look, I dare look. And then you know the equaliser, and you go, oh, here we go again. And then that moment in it, football, yeah. what it's all about, the late goal. But like they deserved it again. You know, we, I, I think I, I think I said we might win two one. I think on we. My prediction. I could be wrong. <laughs> but no, but it's, it's, great. it's great. And, but and really, seriously, they, they um, you know, that should be enough now. Like we've got that ten, a ten point gap. I think nine, nine, so nine, nine points clear of the relegation zone. Four games remaining for for Reading at least. Uh, and you know, like you just said, there uh, we could already have enough points to to stay up. And, and we don't need John Swift, do we? So we're kind of preparing for next season already without him. Um, it's a great result, Mark. It's a great result. Yeah, an absolute belter of result. Fantastic. And uh, look, Reading are back at home on Monday against Swansea. Johnny, um, do you think Paul Lynch should stick with the same starting eleven for that game? Yeah, why not? I think you know it's again like the, you know the performances of you know we're, we're 
much more consistent under him. You know, all the games are much closer. We're not letting in the goals. So, yeah, you know, try and build something. Let's try and go and, you know, end the season unbeaten. If that's something to aim for as a manager, you know, get three or four more wins, a draw, whatever. Yeah. Um, end the season on a bit of a high note after what's been a pretty tough, tough time. You know, maybe for him it might give him, you know, a job offer. Yeah, and and it wasn't it wasn't just a, a great win. It was a great performance, and and ultimately it was deserved, even though uh, kind of made hard work of it right at the end. But who cares? Um, exactly. So this podcast, as you all know by now, if you if you've been listening already, we we do chat about the current Reading team, but it's all about the guests. And now it's time for a chat with our special guest, and he joins us all the way from Sacramento in California. Uh, lucky chap. Well, I don't know about luck, probably not, but anyway, we feel envious. So, Simon, a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, And, Simon, you joined Reading in 1994 and you made, uh, I think it was something like 22 appearances for Reading. Um, First of all, can you tell us how the move to Reading came about? Yes, it was, uh, uh, well... Originally, it was uh, I was at Watford, and uh, well, actually, moving back a little bit further, I actually started at Lillishaw. So I went to the Lillishaw National Soccer School, and then moved to uh, Watford um, straight from high school. And then I was playing in the first team at Watford um, under a great management of Steve Perriman, and um, that basically started to um, you know management changed. Um, a young, uh, God rest his soul, Mr. Uh, Glenn Roder came in. And, you know, when change happens, you know, it's inevitable that things change. And I was not part of his plans and he made that very clear. And um, so I was very fortunate that I actually worked with Colin Lee. Um, He was my youth team manager um, back at Watford. And so at the time, obviously, Reading had just got promoted and they only had one goalkeeper because back in those days, we didn't have hardly any players that was even on the substitute bench. So for that, it was more a case of they needed a keeper. Um, Colin knew me and knew my background, knew my pedigree and knew what I can do. And so... um, that's how it all came about. And then, you know, I got a great opportunity. It was, it was really a no brainer for me. Um, I knew Reading was on the up and needless to say, when I joined the team, incredible, incredible season, incredible season. So yeah. It was great. And, you, and I'm going to let, we're going to let Dylan do a bit of a takeover after this. Cause, cause he has, we have missed him and he's, he's back. So we're, we're just <laughs> grateful that he's back on. But look, look, I just want to ask you one question, and, and I guess a lot of the, the fans listening will be wondering about this as well. But, you know, you, you did make, uh, I think it was 20, 22 appearances, but um, you're understudy to a Royals legend, Shaka Hislop. Um, what, was, what was it like, you know, mentally, emotionally, and all that sort of thing for you to, to deal with, you know, being an understudy? to um, another keeper what's that like you you know what it's one of those it's um, in our game we have a thing called the goalkeepers union and you know I knew what my role was going to be when I first came in I had absolutely no problem with that I had no problem you know trying to push Shaka but we all knew that Shaka was going to play so unless there was an injury or something like that um, I was more than happy. And I take it as a learning experience more than anything else. I, you know, I was very fortunate, you know, even at Watford, I was the understudy to David James. I mean, come on. I mean, it just 
doesn't get any better than that, right? And so, you know, it, it was very similar. And so for me, it was just a matter of coming in and really sort of like bedding myself into the club um, and what a great club it, it is. And, um, and really just learning as much as I can and then hopefully get my chance, which obviously came. Yeah. Uh, and Dylan, over to you now. We're, we're going to, this is the Dylan, Dylan Kerr takeover section. Off you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, you know, when, when Shep came, I mean, people, you know, they, they, they didn't, obviously nobody sees training. Nobody sees the, the competition that, that him and Shaka, um, they, they both drove, the, the best thing about it was they both drove each other. You know, because Shaka knew that if he made a fuck up, he'd, he'd, he'd be under pressure. And if and and Simon would be there, and and you know a lot of, a lot of Reading fans uh, misinterpreted that because yeah, Shaka was the number one, but it's like in any position, you know. When I was at Leeds United, Gary Speed and Tony Dorigo were my uh, two players that I couldn't get in the team with, and God rest his soul, uh, Speedo and and Tony, you know, you 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 never never stopped training the way you did and. And that's what Shep did. I mean, he, he was he was pushing Shaka as Shaka was pushing Simon, and 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 we loved that. You know, there was no there was no favourite goalkeeper. I mean, how did how did you find it when obviously Peter Benetti would come in? Was it on a Wednesday? Just on to a do the goalkeepers? A yep. Once a week. I mean, how was it? How was it now compared to sorry then compared to the the keepers now? How was it for you? as a keeper in, in not only at Watford, but obviously sure. at Reading. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was, once again, the connection between, you know, from me moving to Watford to Reading, I actually had Peter Bernetti when I was at Watford. So for me, Hang on, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. can we, can we just stop there? Yeah. You go from English to Cockney to American. I love it. I know all over <laughs> the place. Mate. I'll tell you, you watch. Who's Peter Bernetti? I mean, well, you know what? It's actually funny because, I actually notice it with Johnny's accent every now and then. I'm actually originally from Bristol, so I've got the old country bumpkin thing going on as well. So I tell you, you can hear anything and everything coming out of me today. So just so you know. Peter Bernetti. Yeah, so Pete was, it was great. It, you know what? It was, you get once a week, um, and that's what you look forward to because, you know, I've, I've heard on your other podcasts, well, you know, Shaq has mentioned it and, and obviously uh, Dave Bessett men- mentioned it. You know, you just get once a week. And then the rest of the time was just basically getting hammered by the players and whatever coaching drills that they've come up with, which is like shooting from, you know, 10 yards out to give them confidence. But what about the keepers? You know, what, what, where does our confidence come from? Yeah. And it wasn't coming from that. It literally came from trying to pull pull yourself together mentally. You know, you got to remember, I was like, I was 22 years of age when I was there. Yeah. So I was still very, very young. And so yeah. the support that these keepers have today is incredible, you know. Um, and that's what I try and do. You know, I've, I've been fortunate where I've done some coaching here um, at the Sacramento Republic, which is the USL team here in Sacramento. And so... For me, you know, I was able to work with them on a regular basis, but it's more a case of keeping their head in the game. You know, you're going to make mistakes. Um, you're going to make the amazing saves. But the important thing is how do you keep your head mentally there? Um, and then on a week-to-week basis, Dil, really going back to your question, it, it was fantastic having Pete because he was 
he's done it right. He did everything that man. And, uh, you know, I was very lucky that I was coached by some really good coaches. You know, I had Mike mm-hmm. Kelly when I, while I was at Lillishaw. So, you know, I was very, very lucky. Um, so I cherish those moments. Um, and then training's just, Hey, training's training. You know, we literally got to kick a few balls at each other and then it was like, okay, game on. We just, we played. Yeah. So yeah. What was it? What, what was your? What, 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 you know, this is what this is this this is why this podcast is so good, Chef. I mean, what what players don't know, what fans don't know, what what the old brigade don't know, and the youngsters that listen to this. What was it like at, at, at that time at Reading Football Club as a player, as a as a as a colleague? What was it in your perspective? What was what was what what was the uniqueness of that time at Reading? The club, the club was Elm Park just has a real special place in my heart. You know, it wasn't all glamour. It wasn't all glitz. It really, you know, it was it was hardworking fans that came and watched their team every single weekend, you know. Um, And for me, for me, that's what it's, you know, that was what it was about. I come from, a, you know, I have fam, family that are hardworking people and I work my butt off, you know, like you were saying before, Bill. It was, yeah. you know, just because I was sucked behind Shaka, didn't you think I just, oh, I was just, you know, hanging out in the back? No, I was busting my butt because I wanted to prove a point because um, I wanted an opportunity to carry that on. Obviously, you know, like all of us, it always comes to an end. Um, yeah. But, I mean... You know, as a kid, I fulfilled my I fulfilled my dreams. How could you know? I played for England. I played for Watford. I played at Reading. I played at Scarborough. You know, um, I had a you know right at the end of my professional career. I even you know trained at Chelsea for for a couple of weeks, and it was like fantastic. It was like you know people give their right arm for that. So now no matter what job I have now and I have a great job and I really enjoy it and I'm still involved in soccer, but it isn't, it's like you're doing what every little kid out there wants to do. And I was able to say that I, I did that. Simon, no, I- say if you, if you gave your right arm for it, you probably wouldn't have got in the team after that, would you? Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, there was okay. a time. Actually, in fact, I got a story. I actually got a story about that. Actually, I don't know if Bill remembers this, but in one of our games, um, Quinny had to go in goal at halftime. Um, I actually broke my arm during the game at Reading, and it was the weekend before we played Manchester United. So I missed out on that game because I broke my arm. And uh, still to this day, don't know, got the TV to send me the recording. No idea how I broke my arm, but I did. I carried on. I actually took a, I think there was a corner at the time as well that I had to take with a broken arm. Couldn't even lift it up. But that's what you did back then. I mean, in this day and age, you'd have been like rolling around on the floor and <laughs> you'd have been taken off in our car, you know. But no, we didn't. We just carried on and we carried on playing. And so, yeah, so you I'm, did glad, you, I'm glad you I got that fixed. Right arm. You did give so it so I literally did, yeah. Well, it was actually my left, but yeah, we'll, 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 okay. you know, we'll take it. Uh, by the way, by the way, we, we have been joined by another guest. It's Dylan's cat sitting on his shoulder. I know. I, I don't know. This little, <laughs> it's absolutely gorgeous. Little kiss. You no, know, it's just jumped on the bed. It's just jumped on the bed. Remember, Mark, uh, Simon, we have we have load shedding in this country and they just switch the electric off when they feel like it, when they want to. And it's absolutely horrendous. So I always have to go out to find somebody that's got a generator. And today, finally, I found some place where I can actually sit 
and talk to everybody. So it's, and now I've got this lovely little kitten <laughs> that's just jumped on my shoulder. We try, we try and put that on social media, a video clip of that. That's that's worth it. So look, um, Johnny, do you want to come in? Yeah, Simon. I yeah, when you know, you, as a player for Reading, you know, you said about that time. What were your when you were playing when you were growing up? What was your heroes? Is a goalie? So I'm a, I'm a massive goalie and fan myself. Yeah, so I I, I um I obviously follow I, I follow you guys um anyway and, and I and I heard that so I thought I would get some type of question like that but um no I mean people for me was um you know of course no one can talk about Gogging if you're not talking about Gordon Banks right obviously Gordon Banks was one of them but you know for me it was you know the the Peter Shilton the Ray Clemenses of the year they they were like the people that I was really truly following um. You know, um, and then locally being a Bristol boy, you know, I had people like Keith Woff and people like that and Johnny Shaw. They were the people that I followed when I was a kid, um, yeah. you know, because that was I used to go and watch Bristol City play, you know, a majority of the time. And I was with them as a as a as a young, young player, you know, probably it'd be called an academy now. But um, I was down there. So. You know, those types of goalkeepers really kind of influenced me. And then, you know, I left home at 14. So I was submerged into it at a very early age. When you go to Lillishaw, I was I left home at 14, you know. And so I was training and playing with some of the best players, I feel, at that time, you know. Um, you know, when I was at Lillishaw, you know, people who were in my age group was you know, uh, Gary Flitcroft and Trevor Sinclair. Um, above me was Andy Cole and Ian Walker. Um, below me was <coughs> Nick Barmby, Darren Caskey. So great people, great people. Simon, um, <coughs> well, what about Shaka Hislop? What did you make of him as a keeper? Because obviously he kept you out, but, you know, we all know what <coughs> classic keeper, keeper he was. What, what did you make of Shaka during your time at Reading? Oh, he was he was just a, a a great guy, a great goalkeeper. He he did he was just a he was a great guy to work with. He was always open to different ideas and thoughts. Um and that's why we worked so well together, is because we both wanted to get better and we both wanted to improve. And you know, there was no you know, there was no ego. There was none of that. Um, I know Dill's spoken about it before that the group we had was just amazing, was really special, very special. And, and now you talk about Utopia and, and all the all the pubs. Well, Dylan did. Dylan did. See, I lived in Watford. So, you know, I lived just outside of Watford. So, unfortunately, I didn't have a lot of that. But um, we had a lot of fun in the carpools because we used to have a, a carpool that used to come in from from our area. So in my I'd like so Noggs lived around the corner from me because I played with him at Watford. Um, I had Darren Caskey in the car because he lived round around uh, the M25, and then Trevor Morley was there. So there was like that was a that was a lot of fun going in, leaving training every day. So we had a good time for sure. Come on, then, Dylan, back in. Let's talk about, I don't know, you sometimes talk about Utopia. <coughs> what, tell us what you remember about Simon, what he used to get up to, because goalkeepers are known for, for antics. What do you, no, what, to, no, to be fair, to be fair, it was like, they said we, 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 you know, we, 
obviously we always we knew Shaka was Shaka because he was there longer. And then Shep came in and and it was Shep, you know, at the end of the day, we we we've still got the same respect. I mean, I am so lucky that I actually speak to Simon, you know, on LinkedIn. You know, I'm gonna get his WhatsApp number off you so I can keep in touch with him more. I mean, the thing is the thing what drove us in uh, at Reading was competition. We had a we had a great off off the field relationship with everybody, but the competition on the field was was. was I mean, when Simon when, when uh, Stephen Swales signed, you know from from Scarborough, I think it was Scarborough. Yeah, it you know, was. He gave he gave me that he gave me that opportunity to make sure that he didn't get in. And like Shep said, he, I got injured just before the Reading game. Shep got injured just before the Reading game. Who knows what might have been? You know, I didn't want to leave Reading. Simon never wanted to leave Reading, but, you know, football's got a nasty habit of kicking in the balls when everything's good. You know, and, and we can both look back look back at this. Yes, there were good things. Yes, there were bad things. And it's, it's such an honour and such a pleasure to see him after so long. I mean, it's, this is like 95 since the last, yep. since the last time. He's not changed a bit. He's still the same, apart from that Yankee accent. That's yeah. <laughs> the way no. but, You know that that is that is that is, all, yeah. I love it. Still That's all right. And, you know, but, it, it, but this is what the, this is what this podcast is so special because it gives an insight to who we were, who we are now, and mm. you know the Reading fans. The, the, you're always going to get your critics. You're always going to get your favourites, and Simon never let us down. You know, he never let us down and, and nobody let us down at that club at that time. You know, you could never point a finger out at people that says, right, you're going to, you're doing this and you're not doing that. And um, it's, like I said, Noggs came from Watford, Trevor Morley came. We all went in different directions. We've all got different lives now, but we're still, to this day, friends. We're yep. still close and that's 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 amazing for for. Reading Football Club at Elm Park, who were just a League Two chat team, got promoted to League One, nearly made it to the Premier League, and we're still talking. We're still, we're still engaging with the people that matter. But I think that's the other thing, though, Dill, isn't it? That we have, you know, we never had social media. We never had any of this, you know. And and I've heard you say it before, Dill, where you're you're like, well, I wouldn't switch it for anything, and and neither would I, because. What comes with this is a lot more. We couldn't have got up to the stuff that we got up to back in the day. It no. just wouldn't have no. happened. Just <laughs> wouldn't have happened. So, <clears throat> so we'll take we'll take it for what it is, and and um, our memories are are our memories, and uh, it's at least they're great ones. You know, I hope I hope the the new people that are or the new players. I wonder what they'll be talking about in twenty thirty years. You know. Simon, when uh, not, when we, when we not this though, right? That we have you on as a guest. Uh, a lot of the Reading fans still remember you. Obviously, you, you did you did play in in the first team, and you know yep. you, you did play a few games. But obviously, it was it was Shaka number one. But people do re- remember you. What what was that relationship like for you with with the fans as, as a understudy, if you like? Well, I think it was a bit of hit and miss. Um, you know, support, so, you know, I mean, we'll probably, you know, 
my my best game for Reading, obviously, I, I, I felt was always going to be that Leicester game um, when we had to go back up and play Mark McGee and Colin Lee because they just left us, right? Um, and we all wanted to prove a point that day. And even Andy, even Andy Bernal scored a goal. I think that was his first goal for Reading as well. And so we were 1-0, one, one zero, see, 1-0 one up yeah. for a long, one long time. Up, yeah. You know, see, I couldn't myself. One you know, I got you. I got one, you one, one nil. nil. Not 1-0. That day was great. I mean, that, that day was was amazing for us, right? And, um, you know, they got that goal in the last minute. But um, I was able to kind of really kind of show the fans what I could really do that day. And um, and it was obviously cemented in my brain. Obviously, there's always good things and bad things. Unfortunately, you know, sometimes we remember the, the not so great times as well. But, hey, that's just the way that it goes, you know? Dylan, go on. What else uh, do you want to talk? No, to no. About? I'm, 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 I'm just gonna. I'm, I'm actually gonna ask Johnny this question because he's gonna. He can. Johnny, as a football fan, you know you've got Super Simon Shepherd. We've had Aussie. We've had. We've not had Ed yet. We've not had Quinny yet. How, do, from a football fan's point of view, being in that era of of Elm Park, how how do you how do you how are you finding this podcast, John? It's just like a dream come true. Like you, you know, you <laughs> hearing the stories from you guys because you're all lovely, normal, decent people like us, like us as fans. And I think that's where the identity thing comes from. Nowadays, I think that's lost because you don't get that connection. And you think you'd more, you'd get more of a connection because of social media. But it's kind of, I don't know, it's all diluted or it's it's just not the same. Like you know, I think you know back in those days because of Elm Park as well because it wasn't a fancy stadium. You yeah. know, it had the atmosphere, had the fans there, and it was a unique ground, wasn't it, to play in, to watch in. And on, on a night, it was like we were unbeatable as a unit, as the fans and the players together. And, and you know, to hear you guys' these stories and some, some of the things that we heard that weren't public knowledge, you know, are a real eye-opener as a fan. And I think other people have found that as well. So thank you. Yeah, some, well, some, of those, some of those things we, we can't reveal on because uh, it's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, we've, we've t- we talked about a few things off air that might not get in, but uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's same same for me, Dylan. You know, I'll say exactly the same, and I include you know include Simon in that. And, and for me, you know, it was great to have Steve Coppel. It's great to have Graham Murty. But for me, Trevor Senior was. You know, he he was my hero at Reading. All those goals he scored, and and then of course, <laughs> ten years later, it was Kerr and all that. Yeah. <laughs> so but I think that's the other part, though, isn't it? You know, social media um, only shows you, you know, what they want to show you, um, yeah. and that's where. You know, with us, I feel like we we did have a relationship with the fans. Okay. You know. Um, and and I, I said to Mark before we came on, it's like, I'm learning so much from what's, what was going on, even during my era, like, you know, how people were feeling and, and what happened at different things. And so it's great that we're doing these sorts of things because, you know, the fans really get to see that, you know what, we're just regular people. That's who we are. We're just normal people that we just all love the same thing. And in this instance, it just happens to be, you know, we both, we all love this club called Reading and we were very fortunate to play in a place called Elm Park um, where I look at it and go, those other players, they have no idea what it was like, you know, go mm-hmm. down to Coombe Park and, you know, 
go training down there and then you know you're back at elm park and you know it's it's special those are special times and so for people like yourselves who were there during that time that's that's very unique and so i think the older reading fans will really appreciate that and this is why you're getting the you know getting the fans that you are watching this podcast because they want to know more and i I think for me so i you know i played football i played sunday league I, i scored a few goals but generally speaking i wasn't very good nowhere near professional um johnny was better than i was he I think he did at least play for Yeovil youth uh, team, didn't you, Johnny? But uh, I I think the point point I want to make here is that us as fans, we would have loved the chance just to play. And I did play at Elm Park. Uh, I was lucky enough to play at the end of the season in a a friendly. Um, So I did get to play at Elm Park. I scored at Elm Park as well. So very happy about that. But, (laughs) you know, us as fans, um, we... You know, we weren't good enough to play professional football. But so what we wanted was what you're saying, Simon, the, the players that did get that opportunity because of their talent and hard work and all that sort of thing as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we wanted them to give their all. And that's what we really liked about that team. You got the impression, you know, and you're talking about it there, that those players really were giving their all. And that's what the fans loved. So yeah. that, that that for me is one of the reasons why I enjoyed that time as a Reading fan so much. And you're not expecting them to win every game. We know that. That's football. But all you want is to see the players come off the pitch at the end of the game, giving their all, isn't it? And I think that's what we identified with you guys. But we did. Listen, Johnny, uh, Mark, we did. We came off that park. And Shep, what was our club, what was our players' lounge like? It was (laughs) at the bottom of the stand. And just, we, we just the fact that we had to create our own players' lounge kind of says it all, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, but you know what? That's we were all together, you know, one in, all in. It was that was just the way that it was. I mean, and that was something when I first came to the club. That was that was it. It was it was um, we were all fighting, and even when we had like you know new additions, so there was like myself and Nods and Kasky and some of the other guys that came in. It didn't matter that you you saw the culture of the club, and you can't help but just dive in. And so, from the supporters' perspective and the players' perspective, I think it was just you know we were all together, and yeah. there was no there was none of this oh you know people on the outside or people backstabbing or any of that. You know, of course, people were disappointed when they weren't getting into the team. Um, that's just the competitiveness of us all. But overall no matter whether you're sat on the bench like I was that first year a lot, I celebrated just like everybody else did because it meant our club is is going up. And, you know, who would have thought, you know, we come second in the league and still didn't go up. It, these days would be automatic now, but that's just kind of the way that it is. And, yes, I still hold on to that feeling and it just what is what it, it is, you know. It yeah. just, you know. Just is what it is, and you know after the Wembley game, well, jeez, that was yeah. well, some tough time. Simon, we're we're out of time now, but just want to say fantastic, and um, you know not only for you to join us, but we've we've had um, you know we've been joined by ex Royals players from all over the world, so California now and um, <laughs> Australia, all, all over the place, and Dylan in South Africa, Johnny in Ireland. I'm still stuck here in England, but that's okay. 
Um, <laughs> so look, thanks ever so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, perhaps you'd like to come back on again at some point in the future. Oh, yeah, I'd love to. I mean, you know, we're uh, always, always here. Um, obviously, I'm the one that always gets those phone calls when people have fallen out of the pub. So, I, you know, ever want to call me? I'm, I'm here waiting to listen to those great stories. Yeah, no, it's been absolutely fantastic to have you on. So, so thank you. And uh, don't forget, we have another episode tomorrow when we'll be choosing our greatest Reading defenders from the last 50 years. So find out if, if Dylan gets in, uh, you know, who are your favourites? See if they get in. And that's available from 10am tomorrow. And then on Monday evening from 6.30pm, we'll be talking all about legendary former Royal striker Robin Friday with Reading fan and author Stuart Kane. And it's Reading v Swansea, of course, on Monday. So all that leaves me to say is, come on, you are's. Sports Social Podcast Network.